are the Wilds still in the hunt for a 12th or 13th forward? Plus, the Wild have a couple of the best left wingers in the NHL. We take a look at all that and more today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, Locked On Wild is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we take a look at some of Bill Guerin's recent comments that the Wild are still in the hunt for a 13th forward through the trade market or through free agency. We'll look at what he suggested they may do to fill internally and... A fan survey has the Minnesota Wild with a couple of the best left-wingers in the game. My name is Seth Topal, host of Lockdown Wild, veteran Minnesota sports content producer. With well over a decade's worth of experience covering your favorite Minnesota sports teams and guiding you through the offseason here at Lockdown Wild, let's start with the comments that Bill Guerin made uh, earlier today. These from... Michael Russo on Twitter this morning. Bill Guerin continues to work the trade market, but if that doesn't come to fruition, he'll still look to sign a forward in free agency. He's also open to keeping that open spot free for internal competition in Minnesota Wild training camp, but he won't want a young forward such as Adam Beckman being that 12th or 13th forward couple of interesting things rattling around in my brain with that uh, statement from Garen, those thoughts from Bill Garen. It leads me to wonder if the Wild are still trying to be a little bit involved in the Nazem Kadri sweepstakes. Still unsigned as of yet and likely going to be the case that whichever team signs him, unless they have just just a boatload of cash laying around, probably going to have to move some money around in order to make it happen. So, Bill Guerin looking at the potential of having a team that has to clear some cap space in order to get Kadri onto their roster to maybe take advantage of picking up a forward for a one-year contract for relatively cheap to uh, to be able to fill and to see if that player is somebody that the Wilds can build around going forward. Um, beyond that, unless you're you're looking at teams that are just absolutely like beyond salary cap strapped, such as the Vegas Golden Knights, um, it is interesting that he continues to work those avenues. And so while it looks as though things have been pretty quiet for the uh, the Wilds in free agency, which they have, it's more so looking to me like the Wild are just kind of laying in wait. And we knew going into free agency that the Wild didn't have an abundance of money to spend. But 
at this point in the game, waiting for the right opportunity, whether it be a free agent who hasn't signed or a team that gets close to training camp and is like, look, we got to get some money off our books, help us out a little bit, and Garen being able to uh, take advantage of that for relatively cheap is absolutely the right way to go about it. Uh, It depends entirely on what spot needs to be filled. If it is a back-of-the-lineup type role in which you're only going to really need that player to spell for rest or for short injuries, then I think free agency or a trade is the right route to go. If the Wilds do get into a situation where players are injured and are out of the lineup for extended periods of time, then at that point is when I think we will see some of the call-ups. He's spot on. Garen is spot on in saying that he doesn't want to waste a year for a player like Adam Beckman by being a guy that sits on the bench and or comes in and plays five or six minutes a night. That's not going to serve his best interests in his development, in which we saw this past season him working on other elements of his game. His best, the the thing that's going to serve him best this season and beyond is playing every night, whether it be in Iowa, whether it be with the Wild. He is a player that just at this point needs to play a solid, consistent role every night of the season. He is not somebody that is going to get any sort of benefit by playing every fifth or sixth game. And so I have been kind of a proponent of building from within and giving an opportunity for young players to get a chance to uh, get some seasoning here this year and beyond. But I think the way that makes the most sense for that to happen is if, let's say, Jordan Greenway misses the first month of the season and Beckman looks really good in training camp. Give him that spot. Give him that spot while Greenway is out. And you won't necessarily play on that line, but give him an opportunity to break camp with the team. And for that month, get him acclimated, give him an opportunity to play, and let him really take that first extended period of time of the season to grow, get accustomed to playing at the NHL level. That sort of situation I'm fine with. What I'm not super keen on is Greenway misses the first month of the season. The Wild sign player X to be the 13th forward. He's going to play in that spot. And a player like Adam Beckman or Mitchell Chafee or any one of those guys, that's going to be the player that sits on the bench and takes that roster spot. That's not going to serve anybody any good whatsoever. So I think the wise approach is to bring in somebody that's maybe a little more seasoned who can fit in in a pinch 
You've got somebody that's injured and is going to miss a game, banged up a little bit, going to miss a game. Cool, fine. Slide them into the lineup to take that spot. If it's going to be an extended absence, such as putting a player on injured reserve to where then you open up that roster spot and can call somebody up, then let's let's fill those spots from within if that makes if that makes sense um that i think is going to be the best route to get some development and not just have young players sitting on the bench twiddling their thumbs just waiting so i think i think bill garen's comments I, I like them and i think that is a good way to approach this in filling those final few roster spots on the season now who ends up getting that spot, it remains to be seen. But uh, at this point, I, I think it is interesting that you know you, you have a pretty good picture as to what the, uh, the roster is going to look like at this point. So we'll do some roster and lineup predicting as we continue today's episode of Lockdown Wilds after this. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Plus, find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline.net continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. So head over to BetOnline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening everywhere. You can find all that and more at BetOnline, where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Um, looking at the Wild's lineup for opening night, the way too early lineup prediction for the Minnesota Wilds roster is pretty much set at this point in the season, so I don't see any harm in uh, just trying to kind of get a sense of what we're going to be working with here. Uh, for the season. So, top line, obviously, is pretty set in stone. With Kirill Kaprizov, Ryan Hartman, and Mats Zuccarello occupying that top line. Now, the grief line, once Jordan Greenway is ready to return, will be set at Felino, Eriksson and Greenway. We'll talk about that in a second. For the third line, quote-unquote, I think we are pretty close to set with Matt Boldy and Marco Rossi. Now, here's where I would make the switch. I would go Boldy-Rossi, and at this point, I think it would be good to get a sense of what Tyson Jost has in the tank. Now, was a fourth-line guy, Jost was, with the Avalanche. And I've, I've seen the arguments of if he was anything more than a fourth-line guy, he would have shown that and would have broken through already in the Avalanche lineup. That's, that's an accurate point, and that's 
probably mostly true. But at this point, I, I just I don't know if the Freddie Goudreau at wing experience is going to be something that we should commit to for this upcoming season. I, I would rather have somebody that maybe can show you a little bit more offensively. Uh, and as we've discussed with the prog- potential for regression this season, I think in terms of a points standpoint, Goudreau has potential for his numbers to take a little bit of a hit. And so I would be totally fine with rolling with Boldy, Rossi, and Jost as the third line. And then you go Duhame, Goudreau, and Dewar for that fourth line. And I think that, when everyone is healthy, is probably going to be pretty close to what you see for the opening night roster. Now, with Jordan Greenway hurt to start the season, a couple of options in which the Wilds could consider for that grief line and fourth line combination. So it probably makes the most sense to either move... Freddie Goudreau to that grief line role so that he can uh, can add some defensive pop to that grouping. Or you keep the physicality with Jordan Greenway. You bump up, say, Brandon Duhame. You could bump up Connor Dewar to play on that line as well. And that's where this 13th forward comes in to play. How long is Jordan Greenway going to be out? We aren't really sure. We probably aren't going to get much of an answer to that question. Uh, Such is the nature of injuries in the NHL. Uh, You have a better chance of getting clear and decisive footage of Bigfoot than you do getting a accurate timetable as to how long somebody's going to be out for an injury. So I'll go back to what I said to start the show. Long-term injury bring up one of the young kids from Iowa to fill that spot and put them either on the fourth line or slot them up to the the grief line. In that situation, probably more likely that they would be put on the fourth line and one of the fourth line guys goes up to take Greenway's spot on the grief line. Short term, if he misses the first game or two of the season, take your 13th forward have them play that spot and bring up somebody who is a little lower on the depth chart of the Iowa Wilds to fill that 13th forward spot until Greenway is ready. Main point is that I think the lineups pre-Greenway injury will probably be as close to the opening night roster as we see. And once all the lines are, are fully healthy, that's that's at least what I would roll with. And if Tyson Jost can't crack it at the uh, the Boldy and Rossi line, well, you have options for players to bring up and players to bring down in that situation. You're not going to be changing things up on the Grief line. You're not going to be changing things up on the Kaprizov line. So you can juggle the third and fourth lines as much as you need to uh, to try to find that fit uh, with Boldy and Rossi. So that's probably how I would do it at this point. Now, 
defensively is that is pretty much as ironclad as it can possibly be. Although the John Merrill injury is going to put a little bit of a wrench in those plans as well. You're going to get Spurgeon and Middleton. You're going to get Brodeen and Dumba. And then you will get Kulikov and Goligoski to start the season. Again, how long is Merrill going to be out? If it's going to be a long period of time, like a month or so, get Kalen Addison up to play with one of those guys and then let Goligoski rotate in every now and again. If it's going to be a short-term injury, then you roll with you have with what you have. But main point that we're trying to kind of reinforce is if there are long-term injury issues with this wild roster, we don't need to go the Jordy Ben route and have him fill in in those instances. That should be an opportunity to bring up a youngster and give them a solid couple of weeks to play and get some NHL seasoning. What ends up happening though, that is for Bill Guerin and Dean Evison to decide. But as we sit right now, that's kind of how I see things playing out. So uh, we'll, we'll circle back once we know what the uh, opening night lineup combinations are. And we'll see if I'm right. We're going to finish today's show by talking about a fan survey that was done on Twitter, and it had some interesting results for Wild fans. We'll do that to finish today's episode of Lockdown Wild after this. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. So you may follow Hockey on Twitter at jfreshhockey. Uh, you can follow some of his uh, work on his Substack or on EP Rinkside. And he has been putting out some fan surveys over the last couple of weeks to try to figure out who the fans think is the best at each position. And he, uh, he did the defenseman... Uh, I believe that was last week, and now this week, it's left-wingers. And so, saw that uh, that the polls were out. And I got to tell you, I am a little surprised, but also not surprised at all, to see Kirill Kaprizov at the top of the list amongst all left-wingers in the entire NHL. Now, this is fan voting once again. Looks like they had just shy of 2,000 votes and it was a scale out of seven. Kirill Kaprizov was a 6.6 out of seven for his average rating, just ahead of Johnny Goudreau, Artemi Panarin, and Alex Ovechkin at 6.5. Brad Marchand was at 6.4. Jonathan Huberto, new Calgary Flame at 6.3. Matthew Kachuk at 6.2. And so it brings up an interesting debate as to where exactly Kirill Kaprizov slots in amongst the left wingers in the entirety of the NHL, a debate that we are not super used to having as Wild fans. But you look at the names on the list, 
obviously Johnny Goudreau, Jonathan Huberdeau, both 100-point players this past season. You've got a 50-goal scorer in Alex Ovechkin. You've got just unbelievable talent up and down this list. And yet, I'm imagining a lot of these results probably came from Minnesota. But you have a Minnesota Wild player at the top of the list. And it just it reinforces something that I, I feel like I never say enough. How much of a change the Kirill Kaprizov experience is from what we are used to as followers of the Minnesota Wild. And the league is taking notice of what he has done. Where he ranks amongst those players, I feel like at the top of the list, he deserves to definitely be at the top of the list with his talents, with where he's at in his career. He is amongst the best that, uh, that there are in the game at this point. Rankings are subjective, so there may be some that rank him lower than Huberto or Kachuk or Goudreau, and that's fine. But I think he is definitely in the conversation amongst the best left-wingers in the game, and not only that, but best players in the game. Now, obviously, this is just a a left-wing survey, so not taking any of the centers or any of the other positions into it. So in terms of best players in the NHL, he's probably a little further down the list. But in terms of best left wings in the game, he is absolutely up near the top of the list and amongst the best in the league. And I have no problem with saying that whatsoever. Now, interesting amongst this survey is there were a couple of other names on the list. One that I think fans will not be surprised about. They may be surprised about. And then one that fans will definitely be surprised about which, again, leads me to believe that a lot of the votes for this survey came from Minnesota. Checking in at number 38 on the list, a couple spots ahead of Nino Niederreiter and just below Anders Lee and Andrew Kopp is Matt Boldy, who scored a 3.9 out of 7. After a very successful rookie season, uh, Boldy, certainly a very good player and... I, I find it hard to argue um, with where he's at on this list, although uh, there are certainly some players below him on this list that I think you could rank higher. But again, rankings are in the eye of the beholder. So it, it is, you know, it's refreshing to see another Minnesota Wild name on this list, 38th. And I, I don't think anybody's going to have really any objection to that. The next one. All the way to 76th on this list, Jordan Greenway, a 2.9 out of 7. Now, Greenway is certainly a polarizing player uh, amongst the Minnesota Wild roster. There's debate as to you know what he actually brings to the table. I will say for whatever reason, however it, end, however it works, the inner workings, it seems like he is the one that really makes 
the grief line defensively as good as they are. You subtract him from that mix, and it feels like that line is just not the same. And so it is nice to see Greenway getting some recognition on this list. And also another name for Minnesota Wild fans that's on this list as well, which could present a problem because they play on the same line. Marcus Foligno um, on this list as well. He was 67th on the list with a 3.2 out of 7. And this actually segues perfectly into a tease for what we have coming up next week and what is going to extend probably most of the month. We are going to be embarking on a month-long journey to really diving in and looking at the Central Division and stacking teams against teams at different position groups to try to determine who is best where. And so uh, we hope you'll tune in for that uh, coming up in August. But, you know, in, in just looking at this left wing group for the Minnesota Wild, I, I have a very hard time not putting the Wilds amongst the best with that top trio of Kirill Kaprizov. I think for these purposes, we're going to use Marcus Foligno and Matt Boldy. That's a really good group of left wings. You know, we, we often forget the offensive punch that Marcus Foligno has added over the last couple of years. And two years ago, before Foligno got hurt, the Wild were one of the best teams in the NHL. And then he got hurt. The team took a step back. He came back. And um, it, it just wasn't quite the same. And even this past year, too, getting suspended and just not being the same player after the suspension that he was before. Marcus Foligno is a pretty underrated member of what the Wild do on both um, he's more so underrated offensively. We know what he does on the defensive side of the puck and the enforcement side of the puck, but really I think underrated in what he brings offensively as well. So that group of left wings for the Wilds, chef's kiss. It's, it's hard to beat that group, and you can throw in, depending on which side of uh, the ice they play on, Connor Dewar, or Brandon Duhame, and and that's a solid, that's a solid four uh, that the Wilds can throw up against the rest of the Central Division. So good to see the Wilds uh, left wingers getting some love from uh, Jay Fresh on Twitter. Defensively, the Wild did get the usual suspects uh, in that poll, which I think was last week. So we're not gonna we're not gonna spend too much time on that one. This one is forgive the pun. This one from Jay Fresh is pretty fresh. So we wanted to uh, to get that in here for today's show. And that's going to do it. So again, as we teased, make sure to check out next month the Sizing Up the Central. It'll be a month-long journey as we take a look at how the Central Division stacks up amongst each other at various position groups. And so uh, tune in for that. Tune in for tomorrow's episode to finish off the month of July as well. And now that your first listen of the day is done, make sure you head over to the Locked On NHL podcast to get the full lowdown on everything going on throughout the NHL. Locked On NHL is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
just like Locked on Wild. So make sure you hit subscribe on YouTube and follow on your favorite podcast platforms. We are keeping you up to date all off-season long as we bring you new episodes all week long as part of the Lockdown Sports Podcast Network.